The No Film School podcast was brought to you by Black Magic, creating revolutionary solutions for film, post-production, and television. And by Rode Microphones, your partner in podcasting. Hi guys, this is George Edelman, Editor-in-Chief at No Film School, here on the No Film School podcast. Today, we have an interview I conducted with Andre Hyland back at Sundance earlier this year. Andre is an old friend of mine. I've worked with him uh, years ago on a couple different projects, and uh, he has a lot going on right now. Um, we talked at Sundance because he had his short Old Haunt playing there. Uh, Old Haunt is now available, so just Google it, find it. It's everywhere. It's out in the world. It's great. Um, he directed it and stars in it. But Andre also stars in Death of Dick Long, which maybe in some theaters is definitely available on streaming and is a must-watch. We did a interview on the site with director Daniel Scheinert. We've done a lot of stuff with the Daniels in the past on No Film School. Um, this movie is phenomenal. I highly recommend it. It's funny. It's weird. It's unique. It's definitely worth a view. And it's fascinating to talk to Andre, especially this time of year, Halloween, etc., because he's a great comic talent, but in both Old Haunt and in Death of Dick Long, he finds a way to bring his other sensibility, his, his filmmaking skill, and his ability to ground things in some kind of honesty to both things. Uh, and, and that's really what makes them work, I think. So uh, enjoy the conversation we have. Andre's great. Both the short and the feature are great. And check them out when you get a chance. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. I go way back with Andre. We worked together, I want to say like 10 years ago, but maybe... I think I it was nine. <laughs> it was nine <laughs> years ago. It was a while ago. And the crazy thing is, I'm just here at Sundance covering stuff, and I saw him in an amazing movie that everyone should see, Death of Dick Long. I didn't even recognize him for a while. And then at a certain point, I was like, oh my God, that's Andre Highland, and you, you killed it. The movie's amazing. You're oh, great in the movie. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, and then found out you had a short here too, yeah. So then I saw that, which is also incredible, completely different. But uh, so for those who don't know, Andre is a writer, director, actor, multi-talented guy who's sort of like created characters and crafted different routines in his comedy that he's done in his video stuff. And so No Film School, we're all about how people get started. That's one of our big things is like helping people figure out how to get their entry point into the industry by just making stuff and how to make stuff. And so you're kind of the perfect person to talk to because at least like when I knew you initially, you were a guy who was like, I'm just going to create stuff. I come to LA, I'm going to start making stuff. And sure enough, things have happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I just told the whole story. So we don't need to do anything else. But like, but like, yeah, first I want to just talk to you about like, How's Sundance? How's it being here? How's it having multiple things here? And you've had multiple things here over the years before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pretty great. I mean, I had Funnel here, the short film I made, and, and then I came back two years later with the feature I made, the fourth, 
And then I was in a movie called L.A. Times that Michelle Morgan directed. This is an actor. So then that, it's funny. Each time I've been here, it's been for like a different experience. Like the first time, it was a short I wrote, directed, and starred in that got played with a feature. It played with Joe Swanberg's Happy Christmas. So like I didn't even have like the normal shorts experience because it was attached to a feature. And that just was like a really cool experience, my first experience here. The next time I came back with a feature that I wrote, directed, and started. And that was a very different experience because I was here trying to sell a movie rather than kind of just like writing this sort of like fun calling card sort of experience. Was that your first feature? That I made, yeah. 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 What was that like being in Sundance? That must have been well, crazy. Well, that was awesome. Yeah, like, you know, it, it was so funny because that was one of the few times where, I don't know, like sometimes you'll, you'll, you'll have a goal and you're just like, oh, this is my goal. And it was just met in the most tangible way. Like I said, you know, I had a goal. I said, I want to come back to Sundance for the feature. I don't like thinking about it that way when I'm creating something, but that was like, you know, I was like, the next time I come, I want to have a feature. Yeah. And then sure enough, did that, it help? That happened. Did it help that you'd been here, seen how things work, met people? Uh, I think it, you know, I think it helped. I mean, like while I was here or the whole well, like, process? Or, like knowing what Sundance was like and what the other stuff here was like, did it help you when you made the feature knowing you wanted it at Sundance? No. Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'll put it this way. Before I put Funnel in the first one, like, I never thought of submitting to Sundance. Not in a dismissive way yeah. or anything like that. I just thought, oh, what I do is probably not on their radar. Just, like, for, I don't know, like, everybody feels this way in their own version. Like, oh, I don't fit in. That's not my thing. Not that I wasn't into Sundance. Just, like, I don't know, like, in art school, I was always too commercial and, like, entertainment. I'm too arty. And I then got like, it, yeah. you know, Like, whatever. And I just thought, like, oh, maybe that's, like, too serious or my comedy's not... I don't know. I just, it wasn't even like, I didn't have a thought about it. It was just like, oh, it's off my radar. I think it makes sense. I think like yeah. part of what, what's true about you is you don't, it's not easy to fit you in a box Yeah. because you're, you're comedy, but you're also a filmmaker, yeah. but your comedy is not like, it is arty. It's not like over the top slapstick, obvious comedy. It's like clever and unique and character based. So you're, but, but it's interesting that you've had such a home at Sundance. Yeah. Because Sundance, you think of Sundance as like, that's where serious dramas play. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I mean, I always thought Sundance was cool when it's like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, but I just, I, there's so much stuff I've been like turned away from that, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't even have like a negative thought. It was just like a not like, oh, that's not, you know, like, like, why don't I pitch a, show to oxygen or something. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> nothing against oxygen. It's just like, Oh, I don't think my stuff would be on the radar. Maybe it is. What's up oxygen? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Oxygen's you know, calling like the right food now. network or something. I, I don't know, but you might be really good on the food network. I actually. might be. You know? <laughs> I could see that working. I like food. I eat it every day. So, you know. <laughs> I think what's cool about it though, is that as you're saying that is that you're, you're referencing, like you've been turned away from so many things. And it's funny because you're on a podcast you're at Sundance. You got a feature at Sundance. No, but it's like, but I think it's helpful for people to know that it's like, but that doesn't mean that there haven't been many times things I worked on you with, which was like pilot for Comedy Central. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of things that's like you get like to the, to use like a sports metaphor, you're like on the 10 yard line. Right, for or sure. Like, and you're, and you, and, or you're like on the one yard line, but like, I just saw you in a For years, I had terrible red zone execution. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of field goals, a lot of missed but, field goals. But, but at the same time, it's like every one of those things you learn from, right? Yeah, for you sure. You have all these great relationships. Like yeah. you've had a lot of mentors like Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, like Bob Odenkirk's great. I mean, he was the one who like, you know, like when I showed him Funnel initially, like it was like close to the last cut. And I that was after having done the pilot with him and a couple projects. He, he was the one who was like, hey, would you, you know, me to come on a producer or lend my name to it? I don't know if it'll help or not, but, you know, that might help. And I said, yeah, that'd be great. And then, you know, I think Funnel speaks for itself at this point. But I, I know a couple – and whatever. There's, there's, always, there's always haters out there, as they say. <laughs> but, you know, some people were saying, 
to me, uh, like, oh, or I, not to me, I would, I would hear it said, on like, the oh, man, he only got the name because Bob Odenkirk had his name on it. It's like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you see his name and you go, oh, I'll make sure to check that out. But it doesn't guarantee you a thing. No, I no. tell you what, you know, there's <laughs> movies with celebrities or, or bigger names that don't get into this all the time. So, and also like, whatever, I'm just going to go on this mini tangent just to Please do. <laughs> respond yeah. to this thing that was a, an annoying thing that popped up a couple of times. Uh, it's just like, why would someone with integrity put their name on something they think is crap? Like, like if a if an institution with integrity takes it, they're not just going to take something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, why would he take a name with credibility and put it on some garbage? And that doesn't get into something with credibility. It doesn't yeah. work that way. No. Definitely not in my experience. But anyway. No, it's funny because I was at Slam Dance. Saw Steven Soderbergh's movie. Yeah. And Steven Soderbergh basically like his for Sex Lies and Videotaped helped define Sundance and independent filmmaking. Yeah. And he's made a new interesting movie. It's awesome. High yeah. Flying Bird at, at Slam Dance. And he was talking about how like. Always at Slam Dance, he's looking for talent that he likes. And it's just about people who, like, Christopher Nolan was one of them <laughs> once, where he's like, this guy's amazing, yeah. and I just want to get him in a room to help him get something done. And then his name's on it. But it's like you're saying, it's like, that doesn't guarantee anything. Yeah. It's just helping someone he thinks is good that yeah. people will enjoy. And that's right, how right. we get more good stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. It's funny, because it, that's sort of, it's sort of like, you know, like uh, someone put on a guest MC. You're like, I'll watch it because they recommended it, but it doesn't mean I'm going to like it. Yeah, <laughs> or say okay right. to it, you and, know? Yeah, and like, like yeah. you're saying, how many people just watch something because they see a producer's name and they're like, oh, right, 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 right. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, not, and not to take about away him lending his name to it, yeah, that's great huge. just to have yeah. his his support but also like in a but, more in a more tangible way he's like helped you kind of guide your yeah content yeah at, exactly at exactly yeah. he's the one who was like yo you really need to su- submit this like because for me when i did funnel like you're saying previously to that i'd done mostly like character stuff not that it's not a character in funnel but up prior to that most of my characters were still grounded in the real world but far different from my own personality for the most part whereas funnel was just and it was after my second Comedy Central pilot did not get picked up. <laughs> after having spent like a year and a half on it, developing a character for it, I was like, I just want to do something where I just, I just want to do an exercise to learn how to be more like me on camera, or more like a, I don't know, a normal person in a sense, or whatever. More, you know. And uh, I did three things when I went back to Cincinnati for Christmas. I did Funnel, and I did a Man on the Street thing as myself, and I did another short called Bus Stop that's on YouTube where it's just like not acting like myself but dressed more like myself. Yeah. It was all about unmasking the layers of the thespian, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so you, um, you have been making your own stuff for – Ever, basically. Yeah, forever. I mean, I, I I was homeschooled from fourth to seventh grade, and that's actually when it started. Really? Yeah. This is the first like time you picked up a camera and were like, I'm going to start. Yeah. We had gotten a video camera for like Christmas a year or so before that, and we're like, one day we're like, oh, let's just play with that. And then me and my older brother, Adam, started making animations with it. And we, uh, and then we did homeschooling for four years, and the second, whatever, the, the last two years of it, all, all of my siblings were there. And it was my uh, brother, Jason, and my sister, Sarah. My sister Sarah was the cat wrangler on my recent. Uh, oh yeah, the cat year. was yeah. hysterical. By the way, yeah. that was one of the best <laughs> moments. But we went, we went to homeschooling because uh, we have uh, me and my brothers have dyslexia and we just had a hard time reading and operating in the Cincinnati public school system <laughs> and private school system and a church school and a whatever. We tried like every school and it was not happening. <laughs> and so we just went to a homeschool for an, until like eighth grade and I was like, okay, I want to interact with humans again. But you learned all your craft basically as a film as a writer director actor producer you did yeah. all that you learned because you just kept doing it and you, yeah. came, you came to LA yeah you're doing it and you're stand-up too yeah 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 I do live comedy and sort of what's leading my projects is kind of like I always kind of have a 
well, it's not definitely not a mantra. I don't like have a mantra, but like, uh, what do you call it? Like a, whatever the mentality that I like to have is, is just like, I hate waiting. Not, 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 not necessarily an impatient person, but I get a lot, I get really anxious if I'm not making something. So, you know, I try to do something quote unquote, the official way, you know, get yeah. money for something. But while that's kind of like taking the time that it traditionally does, I'm just like, I got to go make something like old haunt, the short that I have yeah. this year. That's the only thing I got to make of my own this, this year. Yeah. I mean, I was lucky enough to work on other projects. Like I directed the whole second season of John Glazer loves gear. Yeah. And, uh, it was actually an episode of that. We did like a horror themed episode or we kind of spoofing the omen and the, and the shining. And that put me kind of in this mindset of, uh, I don't know, it's more like horror stuff. And I always had some ideas swirling, but I was like, Oh, I really want to do something. I don't have time right now to make another feature, but I was like, I, I can't not make something. So, yeah. Uh, as soon as I got back to LA, I started, you know, organizing just a quick shoot, you know? Yeah. Did you do that? <laughs> like all guerrilla style? Pretty much. I mean, you know, that that's the thing is like, I try to think like, what do I have within my reach? Like, what can I just, you know, like, it's like, what do I have in the fridge to make dinner with? You know, that's awesome. And because then if you, if you just use what have you got, you've already got, then you've already got everything you need, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. And then you end up somehow getting that into Sundance. That's very yeah. inspiring for people though. Cause it's like, you didn't go past what was in your fridge for that. Right. And you managed to tell a cool little story. Yeah. It's fun. It's funny. And it's a little disturbing. Yeah. And it's got a cool <laughs> twist. And it's at Sundance. And mm-hmm. that's like that, like it's, that's just because you were like, I'm hungry to make something right now. Yeah. And what can I get done? Because it's true for people who haven't had this experience. Most of the time you're in the industry, you're waiting to get a go ahead on something. You're like crossing all these stages. It's like, can I do it now? Can I do it now? Right. And that can really drain your soul. Well, that's like, how, when I made my feature, the fourth, we were in meetings for about a year or so about financing and who to get. And, and I'm not saying there's one white one right way to do anything. No one was wrong. It just sort of like, yo, I want to make this. So like, <laughs> so like, you know, there was meetings going on for like a year for this other, this other film that I still like to make. But anyway, while that was going on and kind of the traditional like meeting after meeting, who's got financial value, blah, blah, blah. Um, I was like, I'm going to go make a short, you know what, instead of making a short, I got to get all the same pieces <laughs> that I would take. I mean, you know, honestly, whether it's a short, uh, 30 second sketch or a feature, the core components that are in the eye of the storm of any production are essentially the same. Yeah. So it's just like, well, instead of shooting a short in two days, why don't we try to shoot a feature in four days and not treat it like I'm throwing down the gauntlet, like we're making a feature in four days because that's pretty ludicrous. But it's just like treat it like an experiment. And then after those four days, we didn't get a whole feature done, but we got 70% of it done. That's and we'll be like, this would be really stupid to stop. And we always had plans to do pickup shots on 4th of July weekend to get shots of fireworks because the movie takes place on 4th of July. The 4th. Yeah, the 4th. <laughs> Four days on the 4th, 4th of July. And uh, we ended up making that three full shoot days. And then from that, I was able to cut like the first rough of the feature. And then from there on, because I was editing it also, uh, we sort of did uh, five sort of half days of pickup shots and little you know things to tie scenes together to make them tighter and blah, blah, blah. So that ultimately ended up being... 12 days over five months and I wrote it in April and it was premiering in Sundance in January. We made it ultra cheap, just step by step. So like, that's just, if you look at everything as one little hurdle, it's not so daunting. Now that I've done it, it seems more daunting Yeah. when you're just sort of ignorantly going one step at a time, just sort of like, well, it'd be dumb to stop now. You know, Yeah. (laughs) you got yourself kind of like pot committed to use like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Poker (laughs) metaphor. And you were like, well, I'm going all in. Yeah. The good news is I've done it. And the bad news is I've done it <laughs> and I know what it takes, but, um, I'm really glad I did that. You yeah. And I mean? you probably got a better sense. So, so now if you're directing a season of something, or something you, yeah. you just know how to like work your set. basically. Yeah. And also when I did Glazer show, you know, that was 10 episodes of something I didn't create. And that was sort of a new experience for me. 
uh, and that was cool to just direct. It, it's funny, you know, like, well, Glazer's really cool and chill. As far as TV shows goes, it's chill, but it's still a bigger entity in production than me running and making Old Hunt. And, it's and just, there's also, like, there's there's levels you have to appeal to right, in that right, chain right. of command, like, with studios and networks. Yeah, and yeah, so. and Glazer's awesome to work with, but just, it's not even that, just larger. It's funny, the pros and cons of working with something larger. You know, it's like, uh, you've got this crew and all these people to help you, which is amazing, because it's, like, makes me less of, a, like, a manic person, sort of, you know, tr- you know, it's like someone with all these spinning plates, and I can just direct <laughs> and focus on that. But then also, too, when you're like, oh, I've got an idea for something, let's just switch it up. It's like, okay, crew, sh-, you know. <laughs> not, and I'm not saying anything about them. They were very versatile and loose, course, and they were great. Course. But just the, the nature of a larger production no, versus that, doing something in your backyard. That's a super <laughs> valuable insight for people who are, who are starting or doing smaller things, too, is like you – when there, it's hard to make something on your own, but in one way, it's a lot easier. Yeah. Because, like, just flipping around for the reverse, you got to yeah. know you want to do that and tell 100 people. Uh, right, right. <laughs> and budget right. for it. And, like, it may affect lunch. It may affect union. It may affect. Exactly, like, exactly. Like, it's a yeah. whole other deal. The spinning plates are like these rules. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's yeah. laws and stuff. That yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I know just having, like, also, like, the DIY thing as a background, it's like you get used to doing it, seat of your pants, and ideas right, and inspiration. Exactly. And, and I want to be respectful of that and everybody be safe and do whatever. Yeah. But it's just funny sometimes in certain situations, and I'm very glad there are unions and all those things, but it's just sometimes funny because you're like, oh, this is a policy issue, not a reality issue of the situation. But they're put there in place in, in, yeah. in case of the worst version For of it, good which reasons. you don't want to happen. So yeah. I, I get it. But it's just, it's just funny. Like it, it helps you in loads of ways and sometimes it's restricting. But like yeah. – I guess the moral of the story is whether bigger or smaller, you're always going to have your set of problems and you're always your set of like, you know, whatever, like pros and cons to either. And like wherever you are in the process, like if you get a pilot, there's still a next hurdle. Like, will oh, it get yeah. picked up? Or yeah, like yeah. when you get picked up, will it get another season? Yeah, or like, like exactly. you get like a movie and you get on a set and then it's like, well, you know, will you guys make the day or will you finish? Right. Or will you get exactly. distribution? Or will you, you know? Exactly. Like even now with Death of Dick Long, it's like, well, you don't really know the plan. Like what's going to happen next? Yeah, right? yeah, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I, but I mean, with that one, I just got it. It was such a fun screening on Saturday when we premiered. Yeah, I was... Uh, I, you know, it doesn't feel like, again, it's like, this is, you know, people have their expectations. Not to say that what a Sundance movie isn't good, but it just, it's not what I expect when I go into a Sundance movie. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like it was, uh, it's like, it's hysterical, but it's really honest and grounded and like real in a way that's also disturbing and like just a unique movie, like very unique movie. And you, I think it's funny. I haven't seen you in much since like I know you do all the characters and yeah. it's like a character you do except I had imagined that the times you've grounded yourself playing regular guys really helped because yeah, it I seemed like he right. was a little yeah. more honest in a way yeah yeah it doesn't have to be as bombastic all the time which yeah. is fun but wasn't right for this yeah yeah but like so we were talking about like for example the hair because I didn't even recognize you and just like yeah. things like that that you were like I just want to do something like you have ideas that you brought to it yeah that maybe being a creator and writer helps when you're working I think so. Like, you know, like the hair and Dick Long, like I was saying, like Daniel recommended this sort of like, like rough buzz cut sort of look. I can't remember exactly what it was. And then I suggested a couple of things in the, the Caesar haircut that I have in it. And he was all for that. But that was one of the cool things that was awesome about working with Daniel and Billy Chu, who wrote it. Is they're like nice, smart dudes who have a good sense of humor, and that's what I want to work with. And they did a really good job of putting like a team together that shared that sensibility. I think also just if you are that way, it attracts that. Just like also like if you're an asshole, you're just going to attract assholes. Yeah, I felt like I think what (laughs) and they're not. They're awesome. I think what was tangible watching the movie 
mm-hmm. was that the people making the movie were having a really good time. Yeah, I think and they cast like, it well. Like Virginia, um, who 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 plays Zeke's wife, or Mike Michael Abbott Jr. is yeah. in it also. Like both of those guys are awesome. Like like everybody was cool, and I'm not like. Sometimes I feel like when I'm talking like positively about something, I feel like, oh, people think he's just like pandering or something like that. I was like, no, I honestly had a great time. It, you can tell. I think it's like uh, I, we, we posted I remember, a thing once about how like one of the things that makes Quentin Tarantino movies work is like the people love being on them. And yeah. every actor who's been on one says like it should always be like that. And it honestly like it comes through because you watch yeah. the movies and whatever's going on, you're like these people are just people want to be there. They're having the time of their lives. Yeah, like, yeah. And it really felt that way watching Death of J. Long. It was like they're just loving this. Yeah. And it's so like that feeling is what you want to have when you're watching a movie and, you, and it makes you like it. Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 6K has the professional features needed for feature film, television programming, and documentaries. However, now these same features can be used to revolutionize other types of work, such as blog videos, YouTube content, and more. The combination of 13 stops of dynamic range, incredible low-light performance with dual-native ISO up to 25,600 for HDR images, and Blackmagic RAW provides feature film images with precise skin tones and beautiful organic colors. Featuring a larger 6144x3456 Super 35 sensor and EF lens mount, the Blackmagic Pocket Cinema Camera 6K lets you use larger EF photographic lenses to create cinematic images with shallower depth of field, allowing creative, defocused backgrounds and gorgeous bokeh effects. External controls give quick access to essential functions, while the large 5-inch touchscreen makes it easy to frame shots, focus accurately, and change camera settings. Visit www.blackmagicdesign.com to learn more. This podcast is brought to you by the Roadcaster Pro Podcast Production Studio, the revolutionary all-in-one podcasting solution from Rode Microphones. With four Class A microphone inputs, eight sound pads to trigger music and effects, the ability to stream phone calls seamlessly, Bluetooth and USB connectivity, multi-track recording, and so much more, it truly is professional podcasting made easy. Plug in your mics, turn up your faders, and hit record. Check it out alongside Rode's other podcasting innovations at rode.com backslash podcasting. You guys were in real Alabama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was the thing. I, I lived with, uh, with Mike, who played Zeke, while we lived. Man, the house we stayed in, it was a historic house. It was an old brothel. <laughs> I'm not wait was the whole cast and crew in the same no place? it was just him and I like we had like different Airbnbs and we got this like mini mansion that was this old brothel and we found like four guns in the place it was like a weird <laughs> I mean I'm not complaining it was like a fun weird experience and like I don't know you know I'm not much of a, a a ghost ghost head but that place was haunted there was some creepy stuff going on there like whatever I don't go there was like some total like <laughs> place was weird like it was it was a creepy old house we did, stayed in a did, lot of the crew like we had a party there but it was a big house people were like I don't know how you sleep here this is like, <laughs> really creepy this is like a haunted house where in Alabama were you guys and, uh, Bessemer where's Bessemer there you go <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of Bessemer before it's kind of like uh, you know it's sort of like a Flint Michigan sort of town in, okay. in a sense but uh, of Alabama I think it used to be like a big steel town or, or oh, yeah. used to be on live off the residue of a larger steel town or something I, yeah. I don't know all the history so I don't get it wrong but like <laughs> But it seemed like, and I'm not trying to knock it. It seemed like it's you know it's glory days were far behind. Yeah, and no, there's a there's countless towns and cities in this country now 
that yeah. have had that experience and it's terrible. Yeah, like, yeah. It's hard to, it's sad for the people who live there. They have yeah. to leave and a lot of people leave to go to the nearest biggest right. city because that's where work is. Right. But these towns and some of the people there are still there. So yeah. like, I've been to some. Like, yeah. I know what you're talking but about. I really enjoyed my time there. Like I drive around, you know, it was a fun set. So I would like hang out when I wasn't shooting and if I wasn't hanging out, I would just drive around. I would always try to find like a different weird barbecue place to go to, just some little hole in the wall, whatever. And, uh, but the, the, the whole town was like equal parts, like, really sweet, incredibly depressing, super funny and interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was all those things. And I don't know, like over romanticize or anything like yeah. that, but it, it, did you have, it that? was like a modern ghost town in parts, like, like strip yeah. malls from the nineties, just straight up ghost town. It'd be like an old Taco Bell that's been turned into a, uh, a checking, you know, like a check cash place. Yeah. Everything was like a pawn shop or a check cash place or just Man. abandoned. Man. Um, but it was like great for the movie Yeah, and you can you, feel it in the movie. You can totally can in it. And the movie does a good job not commenting on it in a way that isn't like fair and just real. Right. Like and it's just like you're just there. Yeah. You believe it. And like uh, I think you guys in the cast all did a good job not making your characters like a commentary. Right. I think just like I think Danielle and Billy had the right approach. And this is how I like to approach stuff. Again, I think that's why stuff all makes sense. We ended up being in it together or doing it together. It's just like sort of the approach of like, well, if it takes place here and we – treat it and keep it true to the place we can never we don't even have to mention the place and all those things will be there by default because it yeah. is yeah you know what i mean i don't think it ever says in the movie where it takes place uh, yeah i don't i don't it think it just so. feels yeah. honest and like grounded in a real place yeah yeah and just and then they they had a policy of like if we've seen it around here it's believable and it you know what i mean like like your car for example in the movie oh yeah 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 <laughs> that car was amazing <laughs> That was actually based off of a car that was there. Allie, who did like, uh, who did all the like set design stuff, and she did art department. Like, uh, she she did uh, that was that was her car tricked out to be the Earl Wythe mobile. Yeah, that's really <laughs> awesome, Earl Wythe. Yeah, the music too. So you had to learn to play, sort of. I a did. Bit. Well, it was funny when they <laughs> when I met with them to to cast me. They they were uh, <laughs> they were like, you know, I play guitar, and I was like, I mean, I can learn, and I I didn't know, so I like. I didn't know how to play guitars. So I was like, I got to learn some basics. And, and again, like I barely learned, but I thought, I, I thought going into it, I was going to have to like really like learn how to play these songs. I was like, Shun, okay, I got to figure this out. And it was like, with my friend, Paul Oyen, who's in old hunt, who yeah. I've done a lot of stuff with, he plays guitar. So I met with him a number of times, oh, cool. learn how to play. And then, uh, John Wang, the producer, like once I was on set, he was our guitar teacher yeah. for me and, uh, uh, Michael Abbott jr. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, so I got him enough, but I remember the night, I won't describe the scenes. I don't want to ruin anything. But one of the times when I'm using the guitar in it, like I remember, what uh, uh, someone came over and that, they, she was trying to like make me feel good, but it was like making it worse <laughs> because like I didn't care. I wasn't getting like upset. I just want to do a good job. And then they're like, "You didn't have to. It can be like a bad one." And then she came over and she was like, "Yo, we heard it over in Video Village and it actually sounded really good." I was like, "Oh my god, just stop, please." Stop. I got to say that because I didn't want to make a bigger deal out of it. But I think she thought I was more self conscious than I was. Yeah, but. Trying to be nice to me about it made it so much more self-conscious. Uh, it reminds me. It honestly, <laughs> and it was all coming from a sweet place. But I was just like, this isn't a thing. Like, I just want to do a good job. But I didn't know we. I, I didn't know that the ultimate goal is to have me not be that good at it either. Right. So, oh, so you, okay. So you didn't know that they wanted it to be not a good. Person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Like, I mean, it gradually <laughs> became clear that 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 wasn't 
it see. wasn't an issue being bad. I was what thinking it, like, shit, I got to learn these songs and I want to do a good it. job. But yeah. I'm also like a dude who's not really ever played guitar. It so I'm so like, funny. You know. It was so good. It reminds <laughs> me, honestly, it's like one of my favorite on scene, on screen it reminds like performances. Me, right. <laughs> of, uh, yeah, 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 it does. It does. Uh, of, you know, in Boogie Nights, the great moments where they're oh. playing their songs and oh, like feel yeah. my heat. And they're oh, like, good. I'm glad like, you That's one of my favorite movies. I didn't yeah, even think about that. That but, is yeah. one of my favorite movies of all time. Probably a movie I saw that made me love movies the most yeah. when I was younger. And uh, it reminded me of that. You got the power. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like it reminded me of that because it was like. It the magic is on those tapes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a YP and an MP. Yeah. But it didn't, it didn't take us out of the. The guy's honestly doing his best. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, he's like, like that going was all out. actually trying to play it. Yeah, really well. he's like going all out. Like this is his <laughs> thing, and like that, it it came across like, and uh, yeah, I think that's that's one of the things about like your comedy in general. Like, cause also with old haunt, like it's it you're playing it real. Yeah, like there's no commentary on what it is. Like I always want there to be a truth there, not to sound like pretentious or whatever. But like even when I do like I do a live show called the Jesse Miller Talk Show, and I'll ask people like with the guests, I'll have like you know the comedians on, filmmakers, musicians, or whatever. Visual yeah. artist, anything's interesting, and uh, but I'll ask him questions and sort of the character he loves. You know the way some people like cut other people down to sort of make them seem bigger. He's like a guy like my character in my live show, Jesse Miller Talk Show. He'll like, I'll do research, like real research on each guest, which shouldn't be a wild thing, but you'd be shocked how much research is not done in a yeah. lot of talk show situations. No, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, but everything I say, like I like to attach people by like six degrees. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, you were in this film, which was produced by this guy who worked on that, and it attaches to all these big names. He's like, a, he's like a, he's like a really bulked up resume talker <laughs> but everything i said is ridiculous and very thinly uh, attached to someone is all true yeah it's like always true and that's yeah. i think what makes it funny yeah like just rattling off stuff can be fun but i, I, I it's it's just i think it's, the truth is so much more ludicrous a lot of the times it really yeah it definitely is I mean, and the, it the makes, times we live in now are a testament to that yes it, we, live, <laughs> we do live in a joke you could never tell yeah <laughs> like yeah because it's a bad one <laughs> and it would just no, no and no one would believe it They'd yeah be like what no it's ridiculous <laughs> um and it is a bad joke and like yeah you uh like we were talking about with the hair, we were talking about different options, and you're like, "That's the rub, yeah, that's the rubber chicken version." It's like, yeah. I'm just you can tell. Yeah, like if we all had mullets and sat right. on a like you know right. whatever eight squirrels or something, it's just right. like, come on, we and, don't need that cartoon. That's and just it's stupid. like we've seen that sort of thing so much. Yeah, that's that Hee Haw and Joe Dirt and right. whatever else. Yeah, it's already so funny immediately when you see something that's grounded in reality. Yeah, it reminds you of it reminds you of something that's like you're like I'm familiar with that, and it's like a version of it. Yeah, like just going with like his vape device yeah like yeah it's lights and stuff yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah so weird yeah and specific it's like this like, urban appellation sort of thing that exists that i don't know <laughs> like i don't feel like an entertainment or comedy or whatever you want to call it, has been tapped into that well outside of well eastbound and down is different but i feel like those guys get it you know what i yeah. mean they do it in a tasteful funny respectful way that's also ridiculous and super totally. funny and yeah. i think daniel and billy do that too different but with the same level of i don't know I don't know, class or integrity or whatever you honesty. want to call it. Taste. I think it's like With honesty. taste and honesty. Yeah. 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 It's true. And it always ends up being more appealing and like you're not laughing at, you're kind of like just enjoying it. And it may, it lets the story play out. Yeah. And I think A24 did a, I mean, you know, like facilitated it well to be the thing it needed to be. You yeah. know what I mean? So what are you, what, what's next? What are you working on? Uh, like? I, um, I'm making my next feature this year. Awesome. Uh, I'm not sure which it will be. There's two. <laughs> um, and then I was also... I was casting this Amazon pilot in December. Uh, there's a British TV show called People Just Do Nothing. 
which I, I didn't know about until the audition came up, but I checked it out and it's, I'm like, Oh, awesome. This is a show I would watch. I mean, I yeah. will now, but like, yeah. I was like, Oh, this is my kind of stuff. That's like, it's yeah. a mockumentary about these DJs who like run pirate radio. Oh, cool. It's like very grounded, but at the same time, ridiculous, you know, yeah. because the personalities of the characters are, but right. not, not because they overstep the reality. And so the, uh, Amazon's doing the American adaptation now. Oh, awesome. Um, and yeah, I can't tell you too much more about it, but, uh, but there's a character named Beats in the original. I'm the Beats in the American one. And, got it. you know, I, 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 you know, I, I think it was really funny when you shot it. I'm going to get to look at it next week. Oh, cool. Um, awesome. But it's something I, I hope goes for multiple reasons, you know? Yeah, no, it sounds like it, it sounds like a good fit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that's it. I was, I was like, this is good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Hey, I so would watch what, this show too. I'm just like, curious. Like what did you okay. shoot old haunt on? Uh, a red. Yeah, and it was uh, Shane Bruce Johnston who I shot funnel with on the fourth. And it was his red for those two. Yeah, I think he changed the camera and sold it and got another one, but it was yeah. his camera, and that's so that another thing. Helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. gonna say like you talk about what's available to you. Exactly. So one of the tactics with that often I've done it too is like you'll reach out to a DP who you know has some gear yeah. who's willing to make it. Like yeah. It. And I'm sure someone listening will be like, yeah, that's great. You know, someone with a red, you know what? For like 10 years, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and I would just use what was ever in front of me to make whatever I could. And from that, people would see my work and like the work, then want to be a part of it. And then you connect to the other people who have those things. Yeah, like, it all just comes together. Like if you're doing it, and you're excited about it, eventually other people will be too. I've got loads of stuff no one's ever seen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, you don't want people to see. Yeah, it was like Funnel was the first thing I ever submitted to Sundance and it got in, which is awesome. Not upset about that. But also, I, you know, people look at that like, oh, well, he's lucky. And it's like, you know, man, like, yeah, I'm not knocking it. That was great, but it's like I've made so much stuff. <laughs> That's the thing. Nobody. It's always. It's like that iceberg metaphor that everyone's familiar with. But it's like what you see, what goes into the getting to the place. Yeah. The thing you see. Yeah. Is so much work. So yeah. it's like easy to be discouraged. Yeah. By all the things you make that you dis, you're disappointed. Yeah. By, but it builds to something. Yeah, I had like three seasons of segments on Fuel TV show called Stupid Face, which I was like deep that. cable, but it was a fun, cool show. I had. A there TV a pilot. I had two TV pilots and a, who knows how much junk I've just made on my own. Not junk, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Before Funnel even happened. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you know, yeah. don't, you know, don't d- discouraged because just know it's going to be a long slog. And yeah. if you, if you have the feeling of uh, you get antsy and you can't not make stuff, then keep making stuff. Yeah. Because you're going to be unhappy if you don't. But if you think this is a pain in the ass and I don't get that much out of it personally. Like, you know, relax, go watch movies. <laughs> yeah. It's not worth it. Honestly, if, if, that, if yeah, and not, I'm not even saying get out of here. I'm just saying, save yourself some trouble. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's it can be miserable. Yeah. 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 It's a back and forth and an endless work. So yeah. Yeah. For sure. But it's like right now it's, it's fun to be like at Sundance with multiple projects. Like I'm starring in and made yeah. myself and this is, not why I do it, but this is feels good. You know, I, I I'm not like, going like, to yeah. pretend like I'm not enjoying this. No, I feel you know? like you're one of these people who like would, would be doing it no matter what. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone could stop you. Like, yeah. I think yeah. If you, if you were like on a desert island, yeah, I still yeah. think you'd probably do something <laughs> and you'd be like, well, I don't know. Just, I think what else am I going to do? Exactly. And I think just with Sundance, it was sort of like, like, oh, I guess these are my people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? But again, that doesn't guarantee anything either. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and also... In between the things that I've got in since then, like the year later, I did a, a, a short that didn't get in. And, the you know, and then the after the fourth, I did another short and it had the things that had a, a guy from SNL. I was an alum. 
uh, and have all the things that some people think in. like, oh, that gets you in. It's like, no, it doesn't. You know, yeah. you know, for you know, and I, I'm not going to guess why the re- there's a million reasons why things get in or don't get in. Have you auditioned for SNL before? I did. Yeah, I yeah, I did a while back, and yeah. it went well, but not well enough, I guess. Yes, but, it's like, <laughs> but that's the thing is like that stuff is inspiring because like you can have. All kinds of things that don't go well, and then things that really do go well. Yeah. Suddenly, you're at Sundance with like five things. Yeah, yeah. Things you don't even know you're in. <laughs> right, right. Like, no, I remember when I got the audition, it was like a whirlwind. It was funny because I, you know, it works in a few different ways, but the, the path that I had, it was sort of like a, you know, a DVD sent in with a reel of what I, you know, characters and, and impressions or whatever, very traditional. And then, and then I didn't hear anything for like, I don't know, two months or something like that. And I think the first round of auditions had already gone by. And it was the year Will Forte was going to leave, but then he ended up not. But um, so there was an opening and not an opening for a guy. Not yeah. to say I would have got it if yeah, he hadn't yeah, left. Sure. I don't know. But that was what I guess spawned that. Um, uh, from my limited information from the outside. <laughs> yeah, of course. This is like coming um, way down from like the but castle then, of yeah. SNL. But then I just got a call like, oh, yeah, audition. Oh, awesome. Uh, it's tomorrow. You have to get on a plane tonight. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And you fly out there. And then, you know, Odenkirk was, I knew him, and he had written there. And so I talked to him and tried to, like, pick his brain about it. And he's always been real generous and cool with his his knowledge of things. And, uh, you know, I heard from him and Tishon, who I think yes, you knew, who I know with, Tishon with, with Michael, yeah. Tishon Shannon. You know, they were like, yeah, like, you know, if you don't get a laugh, don't even – during the audition, don't worry about it. It's like a very non-laugh environment. But if you get a laugh, think of it as a thousand laughs. It's like, all right, good to know. And anyway, long story short, I get there. It's like a red eye. I don't know. They don't tell me what time I'm going to go on. So I'm like, I want to get some sleep because I just watched like old audition DVDs on the plane. And then I don't want to like sleep and not practice. And then I also don't want to not sleep and come in like a zombie. Anyway, I find out what time it is. I go in. Uh, I remember I went in the room and I could hear the, 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 I was in like a little green room and there was what the PA was on and I could hear whoever was auditioning and they were doing like a Bobby oh, Hill man. impression. And I was like, what? And then the person who was, I don't know, leading me around or something was like, they came back in the room and I was like, is this supposed to be on? They're like, Oh, I'm sorry. And turned it off. And I was like, this is like some sort of like mind game or something. And then I finally had my audition. I went out and I did it. And like each bit I did got a solid laugh, not like uproarious laugh throughout, but I just remembered their thought of like, if you get one laugh, consider it that yeah. was like awesome. And then I did my bit, and then the stage manager was bringing me back to the room, and he was like, he's like, that was that was great, that was the best response we got all day. So I'm like, hell yeah, this is awesome. Oh, nice. And then I'd heard like, if they ask you to stick around, that's good. And then they're like, he's like, would you would you mind sticking around for a little while? And I was like, oh yeah, here we go. <laughs> and then I stuck around for like, I don't know, it felt like a couple hours or something. And they're just like, are you free to go? And I never heard anything else. Oh man. <laughs> Man. But I'm, you know, for whatever that's worth, I'm glad I I got that far just through my own ways. I've always done my own thing. You know, I mean, it's it's cheesy to say the cliche of like, but it it took you where you needed to be, kind of. Yeah. Like maybe that wasn't the right. Like maybe that takes you down a different path. Like yeah. here you are now, and then in, instead you've cut your teeth more as like a filmmaker. Right. Which right. a lot of people do SNL for years, make a lot of money, do a lot of great yeah. stuff, and then they try to do something like. Yeah, and yeah. It's like so you never know like what's the right path. Like there isn't yeah. really one, but like you're you're finding your different kind of success in your own way. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Learning different skills. You're in an awesome movie as an actor. You're making stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, and it's I've got it's funny because then I, you know I've gotten to work with people like Noel Wells did. You know was on SNL. She did Mr. Roosevelt. Worked with her. I did a pilot with the Lonely Island guys. Yeah. So you know I ended up sort of working with the people whose work I like from that world. Yeah. Anyway, like Beck Bennett was in a yeah. short I did. So right. like you know it's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I think we should we we got to wrap it up. But thanks. Let me so give much. a quick shout out to my parents for the homeschooling. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I was talking to an executive producer the other day who homeschooled her kids, 
And she was talking about homeschooling and how great it was and how she wanted to make a documentary yeah. about some of the stuff she did during it. And she produced the Fred Rogers, the Mr. Rogers doc from last Oh, that, that's an awesome like doc. She's like four yeah. things here at Sundance. Yeah. Anyway, but there's a lot of – she was talking about how great it was. Too. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, um, thanks for doing this. And uh, I I love Death of Dick Long, love the short, um, Old Haunt. Yeah, and, man. And uh, I'm always excited to see what you're going to do next. So maybe in L.A. we'll get together again. Yeah, else. I'm okay. down. No, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> Forever. You'll never do it again. All right, cool. Thanks, cool, man. man. Thanks. So that wraps it up for our Andre Highland interview from Sundance 2019. I'm George Edelman from No Film School. Please uh, subscribe to the No Film School podcast. Um, we'll have more interviews with filmmakers and our regular weekly podcast where we cover tech news, industry news, and features up on the site, as well as from all over the industry to catch you up on the filmmaking things that are happening while you're out there making films. In addition to that, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, check out our YouTube channel, subscribe, like, rate, do all that stuff. Most importantly, head over to nofilmschool.com where we have all these stories and more every day. And thanks for listening.